Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like is Wasp keeping all the fun of beekeeping without the hassle of collecting honey? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Why don't people keep wasps? Why is there not wasp keeping? Why is that not something that happens? What good are they? I don't know. I just less hassle than beekeeping, surely. Well, I'm sure they still pollinate like bees do. They just don't create. Do they or not? I don't know. There are more questions than answers. I am your host, Adrian Lee. Welcome to the show, the only paranormal wasp-based quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. Firstly, let me start by introducing the guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather realised this week how much she misses fair food, the cotton candy, the caramel apples, and those boil-in-the-bag goldfish that you get. Welcome to the show, Heather. Ew! We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. When Kim was born, her mother didn't know whether to buy her a toy or a pet. So she bought her a rattlesnake. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also a sound engineer and producer. Greg sits at the soundboard and is quiet and unnecessarily mysterious. Or is he? 
Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. <laughs> wow. Series 2, episode 36. Who knew? 36, of course, is the atomic number of Krypton. Do you think Kryptonite was named after that? Or did Kryptonite come first and then they just found a new element and decided to call it Krypton? Do you what see what I'm saying? What color is it? I have no idea. I'm guessing green. <laughs> not a clue. <laughs> That's not a bad shout, though, is it, to be fair? Here's a question for you. Numbers 1 to 36, if you added them all together, what would you come up with? Just a rough guess. Anything at all. Like 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4, all the way to 36. 256. 256, Kim. Have a stab in the dark. Anything at all. 98. 98. 1,000. 1,000. It is 666, the number of the beast. You see where we're going with this? Episode 36. I must remind our listeners on Dark Matter Radio that we have a Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and videos and photographs and much, much more is there for you to peruse if you wish to join us on there. That would be fabulous. We also have a Twitter account, Adrian underscore lip lips underscore lips. <laughs> Was that underscore Freudian? Underscore lips. Underscore lips. <laughs> like having a beard but on the lower lip see where i'm going with that adrian underscore lee no i'm trying to get my name out what's wrong stop interrupting me it's not like mr and mrs I was just trying to rhyme i see where you are adrian what is your name mr and mrs tips what would you like to call your son if you're interested if you're still with us at this point it is adrian underscore lee underscore tips my last name's not tips tips of course stands for the international paranormal society we have seventy-four thousand followers on there heavens knows why um also recently we've got some youtube channels so if you go to youtube all our outtakes from around that's called not for your mother are on youtube they're the we they're, they're the things we can't put out live on the show for fear of being taken off air for fear of getting a fine so if you go to youtube and type in more questions than answers with adrian lee there's a very very funny four minute section that's now up there based on the theme of mushrooms does anyone want to elaborate mm, on that so we mushrooms. Just, i know i know i didn't even know you liked mushrooms you're just a <laughs> I fun do now you're a fun guy aren't you see how oh, this works god but all our archives, if you wish to access our archives over the last three years, if you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA Radio, you will find all of our episodes on there. I do really like, uh, I do like receiving all of our uh, Facebook messages and all of the fan mail we get on a weekly basis. So I'm just going to read one or two of these out for you. Alison and Lisa said they live for the moment. I say the word squirrel. Can I say it again live on air? Because they said it never gets to be boring and uh, it's the only reason they listen, apparently. But it makes their week. They live, apparently, for me saying the word squirrel. So it's a very bizarre world in which we live in, isn't it? That we spend hours and hours and hours every week putting together this amazing show with stories of the strange and the weird and the paranormal from all over the world. And there's people out there listening for me to say the word squirrel. I just oh, find it. say it like you normally do. Squirrel. Thank Squirrel. you. Squirrel. 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 There you are. So that's especially, <laughs> I've no idea. It's bizarre, isn't it? I have no idea why I'm here. And that's for Alison and Lisa. And many thanks for your comments on Facebook. Namya, a guy called Namya, 
None of your business, probably. No, it's Nanya. Nanya. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting my M&Ms muddled up. <laughs> He's on the YouTube site. He's written on our YouTube site. You guys need to be on Dark Matter more than once a week. Friday is not enough. Saturdays too, question mark. It's a hilarious show. Shane is also on our YouTube channel. His name is Shane1228Earth. He says, you're a funny dude, Adrian. He said he loves us guys on Dark Matter Radio. But we're not on often enough, he says. <laughs> Love your clever delivery. Nice. Fabulous. So a big thank you to all of those individuals. And I do enjoy reading your comments throughout the course of the week. Now, this last weekend, I have to talk about this. We were on the Chase on the Lake Resort, which, of course, is up in Walker, just north of Bemidji. Very, very haunted site. It's one of the chapters in my book, Mysterious Minnesota, digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites we had over 100 guests join us for the whole weekend we did a big event up there with ghost hunts and lectures and everything else and we filled two days with fabulous things i did readings psychic readings for two days this is a very very haunted building and we will be back if people keep an eye on the chase on the lake.com um, website address there they will see all the fabulous things the chase on the lake does and we will be back at the end of march perhaps doing a psychic development weekend and some ghost hunts then so just keep an eye on that and we'll be on there the history of this building is fabulous just in a sentence or two it was built originally in the 1880s and then got demolished it was called the spencer hotel and then they built a new hotel there in the 1920s and since it was built it's just been one long list of kind of traumas and things going wrong it was built originally for the son of the family called lauren and he died the week it opened in the 1920s so when it was meant to be celebratory everyone was wearing black and the drapes were drawn and it was a very somber moment but on that land back in 1896 i believe there was a battle called the battle of sugar point it was the last battle between the native american indians and the u.s army and the u.s army thought They'd come up from Fort Snelling and they thought they'd take the Native American Indians by surprise. So very stealthily, using guile and knowledge and being quiet, they then rented two paddle steamers, went across Leech Lake in giant paddle steamers with all the smoke and the fire bellowing and all the noise of the steam and then wondered why the Indians were waiting for them at the other end. And uh, seven soldiers died and they came back again with their tail between their legs. And subsequently those bodies were stored in a makeshift morgue in the hotel so there's many many reasons this hotel is haunted again you can catch up with this chapter in the book mysterious minnesota but i just want to go around the room we had a fabulous time hundreds of guests there fabulous events all weekend still recovering of course because uh we went late on into sunday night and we took us a long while to get home ultimately so heather just going around the room now what was your highlight of the paranormal activity and the things that happened on the chase on the lake resort well, I had to revisit the mechanical Roman witch. I got scratched last year, so it was like uh, confronting a problem. Did, well, the mechanical room, just for our listeners, is a room that's based in the hotel. It's in the basement, and uh, it's just full of all the plumbing, all the heating systems, all the electrics, the fuse boxes. It's just the kind of hub of the things that makes the hotel work, ultimately. Yeah, I, I pretty much had a score to settle with whatever was down there. Well, it used to be a speakeasy back yeah. in the 19, yep. you know, the back of the 1910s, 1920s. It was a speakeasy down there. So it does have a history of being other things than the mechanical room. And even before that, before the hotel was built, I believe there was a stable there for the old hotel. Because I've had conversations with many spirits in that room that still think it's a stable 
and are charged with looking after the horses, like an ostler, I guess you'd call it. Sure. Like a Shakespearean word, isn't it? Sure. So you went into the mechanical room. You were scratched last, last year. year and it actually yeah. drew blood, didn't we? Yeah. We, got, we got photographs of that. What else? Right. Um, and it actually last year chased out about four of the women that I had within my group. And so this year I went again and oddly enough, with mostly women, only two men in the group. And one of the men, uh, Mike, actually, before we even turned off the lights, ended up getting touched in a very private area. He'd only just put it there as well, so it did take him by surprise. <laughs> he only just moved it. If it had happened a few seconds earlier, it'd have been on the other side. You see what I'm saying? But you're absolutely right. He so got poked, didn't he, he by did. a, a spirit hand very close to the gentleman's baubles. Yes, this he did. And then he ended up going in the very back of the mechanical room where it's it's it just doesn't feel comfortable back there. He ended up getting ill. So it was very memorable for me. Last year it was all my women getting sick, and this year only one gentleman did. Kim, what was your highlight of the uh, weekend and the investigations? Um, Gloria and my team, we were leading a group on Saturday night, and it was our first vigil. We were in room 1420. And, uh, of course, we've talked about this how many times where everything happens within the first five to ten minutes. While you're still setting up, lights are still on. And I was setting up a trigger object of a flashlight on a table. And all of a sudden, that flashlight was rolling from side to side. And it wasn't an unbalanced thing. It was rolling too far, and it was rolling both sides. Um, we, I even checked with the two women sitting in chairs next to it. I asked them if they had bumped the table, and they said they hadn't. And when the flashlight quit rolling, then Gloria went to the table and tried to bump it to make the flashlight do sure. the same. And we couldn't get it to do the same thing again. So it was just moving around on its own accord without any outside stimuli yes. is where we are. Yes. Wow. Greg, what did you think of the weekend? You spent a lot of time with me investigating. What what springs to mind for you? Well, on the first vigil, on the first night, we were in the, the conference room right next to where we were meeting. And we'd set up a bunch of trigger objects, uh, bobbers, fishing bobbers. We had one set up on a table about six feet away from me. And you could hear kind of a thump and a bang. And you could hear the bobber bouncing on the floor. You did jump, to be fair. Yeah, you I, did jump. I jumped like Having crazy. said that, the bobber nearly hit you on the head. This yeah. is remarkable. We haven't had a chance yet to go through all of our evidence review because obviously there's hours and hours and hours of audio and video recordings from that weekend. And uh, it takes longer, doesn't it, for every hour of investigating. If you've got a couple of DVRs running and a couple of cameras, you've got four hours of evidence to trawl through for every hour that you investigate. And we were there solidly from Friday all the way through to Sunday. So what we're going to do is work, perhaps, diligently next week. And we'll, by next week's episode, episode 37, that'll be. One of the weirdest parts of that happening is you had just within a minute asked if anybody is there to uh, to move your trigger objects. And you'd asked for it and it happened if you don't ask, you don't get, do you, Greg, is, my, is where we are. <laughs> Paranormal investigating. But you're absolutely right. I set up some trigger objects. I have these fishing bobbers, the red and white ones you get, you know, in any any kind of store that's, you know, you can buy a couple of dollars for a bag of them. And I, I'd set them up around the room in various places that I think they're going to be interacted with. So I can balance them on door handles. I can balance them on chairs. They're in walkways. Anywhere where I think you know, a ghost or a spirit, you know, by going by the, the, the path of least resistance, if you like, um, will pass. And we've had a lot of success with these objects flying around and being affected by poltergeist activity. We did have a, an incident last year that you may remember 
we spoke about on our show at the Christie House in Long Prairie where a bobber flew off the table. But on this occasion, this this was really violent. This had a lot of velocity and alacrity about it. It wasn't just a bobber just flopping off the table. This thing was launched, wasn't it? I mean, you know, you can go back and uh, we'll listen to the audio of that, but uh, you can hear it bouncing around and banging off the doors. I mean, it just literally took off and hit several things before it kind of come to a come to a static standstill. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's exactly what was happening. With very, that. very bizarre. The other thing that was interesting in that little conference area was uh, I, I did tune in psychically. And uh, what normally happens on our events, people need to look out for our events. We often go around the whole of the Midwest doing our lectures and talks and doing our paranormal investigating. People need to look out for that. And we have a list of places we're going to be. We normally advertise them on our website, which is uh, www.int paranormal.net that's int for international int paranormal.net and uh, we do tend to list our events on there but i tried to tune in psychically for the first few minutes of that vigil and what normally happens if you've got 10 15 people in the room with you that are guests of the hotel and are staying to do the events sometimes their deceased relatives want to come through and talk to you because if you don't hang around in circles where there's psychics if you don't hang around in circles where there's equipment that can listen to ghosts and spirits your grandmother or your mother or your dad might want to come through to you and they may have been trying for some period of time and they've never had a chance to communicate so people come on these events and all of a sudden there's a psychic in the room there's all the equipment and suddenly every person's relative of all the people that are there want to come through and chat with you so for the first few minutes of the first vigil before the bobber launched itself off the table i had a name of a lady come through she was very persistent she kept kind of pestering me and uh, prodding me and saying her name was eileen and uh, she was very kind of upright very prim and proper and uh, she wanted to thank a gentleman in the room and say thank you for buying flowers on my birthday so uh, i verbalized this to the group thinking it was uh, a relative of one of the people and a guest came forward and said yes my mother passed back in february her name was eileen and uh, on her birthday every year, or th- uh, this year, I uh, bought some flowers just to commemorate her being, if you like, just to remember her. And she came through, gave me her name and said, thank you for the flowers. She wanted to tell him that. So again, it's very interesting. You're in a room full of maybe some sceptical people. and Within the first five minutes, you've nailed that. And then the bobber launches itself across the room. And you're in a room full of people that are now wide-eyed, <laughs> that are having their paradigms challenged, I guess, at that moment. So those were the things that were interesting for me. I did have an interview. I went down into the mechanical room, Heather, where you were scratched. And about six or seven years ago, and again, this is documented in the book, about six or seven years ago, I had a conversation with a ghost via the ghost box called Edward. So I went down there and said, who's here? He said, Edward. I said, "Uh, did you used to work here? He said, yes. I said, what did you do? And we had a conversation about him looking after horses. I said, what year is it? And he told me it was 1908. And we had this really fabulous conversation. And I then went to research that. In the middle of that, I did say to him, is there anything you would like me to do for you? And he said, I want you to feed the horses or help me feed the horses. And I remember on the way in, I don't carry around with me on paranormal investigations big bales of hay or horse nuts or anything like that no that's scott's job yes that's scott's job and he's letting us down badly in terms of the inventory so i remember on the way into the hotel in the lobby there was a fabulous bowl of fruit so i'm now thinking well i can get you an apple and i said would you like me to bring an apple for the horses and he said that'd be great thank you so this is the conversation that took place seven years ago 
I went back down into the mechanical room. I've not spoken to Edward for seven years, remember? And we sit down there and I say, who's here? Who wants to talk to me? And he comes through and says, Edward. And I said, hi, Edward. I said, do you remember me? And he said, Brit. He said, London. And then he said, Adrian, three times in a row. So what's interesting about that is that he's sentient. He, he holds memories. He remembers the conversation he had with me seven years ago which is remarkable if you think about it. There's an element there, isn't there, of him being a being that's able to hold memories and be able to have fresh memories even though he's past. These aren't memories from when he was alive. These are memories from when he was past. So I then said to him, can you see me? And he said, yes, I can see you. And I said, well, what does the room look like? Does it look like the mechanical room or did it look like it did when you were here? And he said, speak easy. So I'm sat there thinking, well, hang on a second. He can see me. But to him, in his dimension, wherever he's coming from, he's seeing a speakeasy. So I turn around to the rest of the group and said, this is really interesting. This could mean that I'm a ghost to him. He may be sat back in the 1920s in that room. It's a speakeasy. And he can now see me like I'm a ghost in his history, in his environment. And I explained that to the group and said, wouldn't that be fabulous? And I thought, well, why don't I just ask him? And I said to Edward, is that, have I described that right? Have I got that right? Is, is that what it looks like to you? Is that what it feels like? And he said, yes. So I just thought that was a remarkable dialogue based on the fact that I've not seen this spirit or spoken to this spirit in seven years. So I thought that was fabulous. One other thing very briefly, and then we'll launch ourselves into the first round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. There was a gentleman called Eric who came along and he builds paranormal equipment. And he said there was a gentleman in 1903, was in his house, it was dark, and suddenly there was a big flash of lightning, and through the window, this big bolt of lightning sent light spewing into the room. And in that split second, he saw his deceased daughter standing in the room, illuminated by that lightning. And he's just built an invention, he's just built a box called a lightning box. And you sit there in the dark, and he fires it up, and it just fills the room for that split second with light almost like a giant flash gun and obviously you can't stare into it you'd go blind and you'd be staring at purple fuzzy light anomalies for the next two days it was just very interesting that this is some technology that's now being produced and it's still a prototype and uh, i'm not sure they're even for sale at the moment but that just struck me as a really interesting idea that you try and replicate that and then see what kind of things come through in your retina almost, like a reflection. Does that all make sense? Yeah, I think you described it as a personal experience device. Wow, you've got a few of those, haven't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone and else I wants see to... lights as well. There you go. Anyone else got a personal experience device they want to share with us? <laughs> Just you, apparently. Wow. <laughs> Who knew? I don't think there's anything paranormal about that. I just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> it just reminds me, there was a little girl in Pipestone when we investigated in Pipestone at the Historical Society Museum. And they've got little Victorian boots in a display case and they're kind of melted. And this little girl, bless her heart, got hit by lightning and died. And it just fried the boots she was standing in. And I just wondered, I mean, we'd have to have a discussion about this morally, but I just wondered what would happen if you set up that lightning box in an environment where there's some clothing there from someone who got killed by lightning. What would that bring along? The little girl in Pipestone, there's a little more to that story, though. She survived the one where her boots got burned, but she got struck by lightning three more times wow. in her lifetime before she got killed by it. 
you think God's trying to take you and he's like, oh, I missed the first one. Oh, I missed the second one. You know, they're very persistent, aren't they? Just what I'm saying. 66 times. 66 <laughs> times. There we go. You wouldn't be, can you imagine she's standing in a field and everyone's kind of edging away from her would be the way to go. She goes to rock concerts and there's this big, you know, 20 yard circle around her where no one's standing. Yeah, that, that first time she's actually in, inside of the house in front of the fireplace and the fireplace got struck by lightning. I suppose there's water running down it. And wow. zapped her inside of the house. I so. didn't know that. That's remarkable. Yeah, it's really unlucky, isn't it, to be hit by lightning indoors? I mean, that's not good, <laughs> is it? What have you been doing? At that point, you've got to think about religion, haven't you, and what you've been doing wrong in your life. I was just going to mention, too, that mechanical room ate uh, Eric's boxes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just it was, that mechanical room is very vampiric. Oh, it destroys it, equipment. It sucks it energy does. out of batteries and cells. You go in there with... It with touches a, people. It's, it's very creepy. If you get a chance to get in there, then I would certainly recommend that. I just want to advertise the Chase on the Lake Resort. It's a fabulous, fabulous hotel. It's a five-star spa resort with all kinds of fabulous treatments. If you go to chaseonthelake.com, it is a fabulous, fabulous building outside of the hauntings and outside of the paranormal activity. And I just want to thank Teresa, the manager, for letting us have a fabulous weekend. And we will be back. Thank you for everyone who turned up at the Chase on the Lake. And if you friend me on Facebook, if you find Adrian Lee on Facebook, you can see all the photographs of the weekend and all the <laughs> find fun. Find Adrian tips. Find Adrian tips. Yeah, at least that's Adrian Lee, not Adrian tips. Adrian I'm underscore, look to see lips. underscore lips. <laughs> that was another job I did when I needed the money back in London when I was a student, which I don't wish to dwell upon. Okay. <laughs> Early use of the inappropriate bell. Let's sprint it around. It is ghosts and hauntings. I have a story here that says ghostly spectre of a little girl captured on security cameras inside nightclub that used to be used as a mortuary. That must be one of those nightclub mortuary combinations that seem to be so popular. Do you think their music will be raising the dead that's ridiculous isn't it used to be a mortuary now a nightclub that's not a bad name for a nightclub is it actually raising the dead that'd be a good name for a nightclub do you not think (laughs) oh she'll continue paranormal investigators have been called into a mortuary turned nightclub after a phantom girl was caught on camera running through the building spooky footage taken from american music venue the chapel shows a janitor closing up late at night and turning off the lights so it used to be a mortuary it's now a nightclub they call it the chapel there must be some rhyme to their reason somewhere Seconds later, a young girl is clearly seen running up to the door and running away again. The Clippers spook staff at the chapel in San Francisco, who have long suspected the venue to be haunted after a series of eerie events. Gee, I wonder why. A cleaner has previously claimed to have seen the ghost of a girl in the music venue's green room. Other employees believe an old woman also haunts the club, with chefs arriving early in the morning, reportedly smelling rose perfume. Camille Ives, the chapel's marketing and PR manager, said that the footage was taken at 5am and cleaners on the site had no explanation for who the girl was. Creepily, the chapel was once Gatna Maison's Domague funeral home. What was that? Gantner Maison Domague. I'm okay, assuming thank you. <laughs> one German, two French is what I'm guessing. Maison, of course, is house in French, right. isn't it? And the room the ghost girl was filmed in used to be the embalming room, apparently. Really? I know, right? Oh. Ghost hunters for a television show have now been given permission to film at the venue in the hope of finally getting to the bottom of the strange goings-on at the chapel. Go into the chapel and we're... 
Gonna get buried. Yep. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Heather. Yeah. I shall give myself three points. Well, <laughs> go figure. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I have a former asylum is a haunting 1.5 million development opportunity. You want to do it? All these places are either old mortuaries, old asylums, old hospitals. But it's for sale. Chapel, you can yes. turn it into whatever you want. Fabulous. I'm Look, game. How much is it? Only 1.5 million. million. Hang on, I'll see what I've got in my back pocket <laughs> down the sofa. Let's mug Nathan on the way out. Oh, there's another Thank GoFundMe you. thing there we got are. going on, right? Located at 30600 Michigan Avenue in Westland, the property was established in 1839 as a poorhouse and farm and at one point grew to a 290-acre complex of 76 buildings before pieces of it were abandoned. Where's yeah. this again? Uh, Westland. Where's Westland? I don't know. It just says it's in okay. Westland. Okay, perhaps it'll make itself obvious. Michigan Avenue, I would assume it's in Michigan. Yes. Yeah, that could be. That's true enough. We'll have a look into that. It also is the site of some reportedly phenomenal paranormal events, according to the website hauntedusa.org, which said... The Eloise, which that's what it's called, tunnel Eloise. system. I know, I just listened to that. By the damned. If you've not heard of Eloise, by the damned, do yourself a favor and get on YouTube there. The staff mo- members transported patients from the building to building and has been rumored to house medical waste and other strange items from a bygone era in medical science. Uh, explorers were rumored to have discovered jars of human body parts. Right. Documents outlining strange medical procedures and creepy snapshots of patients in the abandoned buildings that were torn down in the 1980s. More recently, a spectral woman wearing white, always. They're always wearing white. (laughs) She's a nun. Was she a nun? Probably. Nun or nurse, isn't it? uh, She has been rumored to be seen in the upper floors and on the roof of the old D building. Some have reported hearing strange moans, screams, and roars on the old grounds. While we're on the subject of nuns and uh, nurses. And moans and groans. And moans and groans. <laughs> All right, go on. Covering some hobbies of mine. Inform me. <laughs> well, this has nothing to do with either of those things. But I found on YouTube a fabulous clip of Ricky Gervais singing a bedtime lullaby. What's the red fluffy thing called? I can never remember. What's Elmo. Called? Elmo, there you go. Singing this bedtime lullaby to Elmo. <laughs> Things that begin with N. So Nurse and Nun just reminded me of that. If you want a really good laugh, (laughs) nothing to do with the paranormal. But go onto YouTube, look at Elmo and Ricky Gervais and him singing a lullaby to little Elmo who wants to go to sleep for the night. It's just the best ever. It is. This is fun and informative. I'm educating our listeners into the world wide web that is culture. Yeah. The trouble with popular culture is it's not very cultured, but it tends to be very popular. It's not very popular. It's it's very true. (laughs) I shall give you two points. Yay. Perfect. I have a story here that says this is the most haunted hotel in the UK. Would you dare stay the night? A hotel in Liverpool has been named as the most haunted in the UK. Paranormal investigator and author Tom Sleeman claims the Adelphi Hotel is by far the most haunted hotel he has come across in Britain. 
Sleeman even claims he has seen some of the hotel's supernatural guests himself. Describing the spooky encounter with the Adelphi Hotel ghost, he told the Liverpool Echo, I often gave talks in the hotel's Sefton suite and was unaware that this suite is an exact copy of the Titanic's first-class smoking lounge, built by the same craftsman hired by the what star, White Star. Did you see that? The what star. The what star. Got a bit of East London in, didn't he? Called you Blimey, did. Mary Poppins. You, did. You, you get like East London Tourette. Well, I'm from East London. <laughs> I've got while. East London florets where every now and then I have to shout out cauliflower and broccoli randomly. I've seen you edge out a nice edge old deer. Edge out a nice old deer. <laughs> Some sort of vernacular I hadn't previously been aware of. All I was saying in a very posh English accent was that I dislike the fact that sometimes <laughs> the elderly at Buffets in casinos decide to get a bit leery with the elbows, and then if there's a plate of free food, if there's a plate of free food going, you best not get in the way. That's true. It's like coming between a gazelle and a lion. Do you see what I mean? So all I said was, I sat there talking normally, and then I said something along the lines of some, some. I can't remember what did I say. I can't say it. We can't say it right now. No. You have to bleep out the one word. Do I? Oh, some. Effing old deer comes barreling along, and yeah, this it, is where we are. It was very twangy. It yes, was, I've never heard that before. And the Minnesota shocked. Wild would do well to get her on their ice hockey team. Is all <laughs> I'm true. saying. Her elbows were very bony. <laughs> I, I got between her and the buffet. Where am I here? It said know. that this room, this suite, was built exactly a one-to-one replica by the same craftsman that built the smoking lounge of the White Star Line Titanic during one talk. There was a standing room only, and I was with many other people and saw three men standing at the far end of the room who were dressed as naval officers with white caps and dark jackets with all braiding. Wouldn't you say something if you was in a hotel bar and everyone's standing up, there's so many people in there, if three Edwardian naval officers happened to be standing at the other end, would you not say, look at them, isn't that odd? How bizarre. You don't see that every day. Just me. I find that remarkable. <laughs> the middle officer, who looked about 60, had a white beard and stood around five feet eight. And the trio were there one moment and gone the next. There were gasps of shock as this trinity of ghosts vanished. I was later told by a member of staff that the ghosts were those of Captain Edward Smith of the Titanic and two unidentified officers. As a historian, I was thinking, OK, Edward Smith captain of the titanic we're in the adelphi hotel in liverpool i bet he never even went to liverpool i bet he wasn't even born in that area see what i'm going went on wikipedia the font of all things knowledgeable of course and you know it's 100 percent true and he was born in staffordshire in 1850 he did actually go to work in liverpool in 1867 and did live in Liverpool for a while. Over the years, a few members of staff have reportedly seen a grey lady. It's a grey lady this time. It's like the white lady, <laughs> but she managed to get some black in with the laundry. Do you see what I'm saying Shades here? of grey. In a Victoria way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, unless it was like the Whopper we had the other day, which was Fifty Shades of Green. In a Victorian-style dress in the basement. Obviously, Captain Smith has some very strange hobbies, doesn't he? We've also had reports of somebody hanging out of a window in the Crosby room, and when everyone went to check, the window was locked. I've not personally seen anything, but it's the oldest hotel in Liverpool, so I would not be surprised at all, said the owner. What a fabulous story. All things Titanic, I should give myself a couple of Do you know what I heard about Liverpool today? 
What if you go they there, you're going to end up using, you'll lose your wallet and the tires on your car is what normally happens. No, they are the first in the country to open up a fast walking lane. A fast walking lane? That's correct. Okay. That's, that's I know, bizarre, right? It's like you get swimming lanes in swimming pools, don't you, for those that are fabulous Olympic swimmers. And there's you just trying to avoid drowning, you know, as you're Doggy kind, of, paddle. kind of going along. <laughs> mm. The trouble with me is I'm very heavy. Some people are buoyant, aren't they? If I jump in the swimming, it's true. I tried for hours to drown my sister. She wouldn't stay down. I jump in the swimming pool and I just sink to the bottom like a brick. So I'm really good at swimming, but I'm like a torpedo. I'll swim the length of that bath in the same time as you, but I'll be grazing my chest on the bottom is what's happening. Do you see where we are? Okay. I will be the torpedo. Men's bones are more dense than women. Women are more buoyant than men. Is that true? Yes. Who knew? There must be a reason why that is. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of bone density? <laughs> Azerbaijan set oh, to sorry, ban what? sorcery. Azerbaijan. Yep, that's the one. Set to ban sorcery. Sorcery. Yes. Wow. The State Committee on Work with Religious Organizations is developing a draft decision that will permit the performance of religious rites and ceremonies by official clerics only. Okay, you have to be an official cleric to practice sorcery. No, you can't no. practice. You can't practice they can sorcery. practice the religious rites and ah. ceremonies. Uh, Mubaraz Gurbanli said the draft decision will be submitted to the Cabinet of Ministers, noting that it will also illegalize sorcery. Heavenly religions, including Islam, do not approve sorcery anyway, he said. That's true enough. He also said that anyone engaging in sorcery will be drastically penalized in accordance with the new decision. Drastically penalised means being hung from a lamppost in Azerbaijan, doesn't it? Or being dragged behind a horse naked on market day, I would suggest. Burned at the stake. That would, that would worry yeah. me greatly. We know of stories, don't we, over the last three Burning years? Burning the witches. Of, yeah, especially in places like Africa and the Lebanon and so mm. on. Fabulous. I shall give you points, Kim. We are now running into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. I have a story here that says, Second mysterious black UFO crashes in Spanish field, sparking terror amongst villagers this story has a lot of spanish words in it i just thought i'd share that with you i'm just setting myself up do you see what i'm saying here? Mm. something rather strange is happening in the skies above the spanish village and worried residents are demanding answers for the second time in just five days a mysterious cylindrical object weighing about 20 kilos has fallen into the fields of Calaspada, an area of mercia with 9700 inhabitants on november the 3rd there was a sense of wonderment and some amusement after a huge metal ball crashed into a goat farm and was discovered by two bemused farmers, and I'm sure lots of concerned goats. <laughs> by yesterday, villagers were stunned to find a second globe had plummeted to earth in the hamlet of Villa Vella, just a stone's throw away from the other site, or a large black ball. A farmer put in an urgent call to the civil guard who have been guarding the second object all night until investigators arrive. Meanwhile, the area has been sealed off. The mayor of Casapara, Jose Velez, has called on the authorities, I'll get there, to give worried residents answers about the strange phenomenon. Where are these objects coming from, he said. Why are they falling here precisely? will more fall the balls are thought to be debris from an old space rocket and the european space agency has warned junk could fall to the earth sometime in november it's just one long story of balls and junk isn't it heather what have you got for me in the round of ufos cryptozoology and balls dropping alien found in san jose after ufo sighting appears to be a deer fetus 
taken a deer be- fetus. Yeah, it was actually taken before the California test missile launch. Have you heard about that business I going did. on? I did, yes. Lots of people in the south of America suddenly said, there's a UFO. And apparently it was the, Me- the Mexicans. Me- it, <laughs> it was the Mexicans. It was the Mexicans. <laughs> Who knew that they would be the first to make contact with UFOs? Oh Who knew? I can't believe you said that. It was the American <laughs> naval... <sighs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Is it too submarine late? Submarine launch? Yes, it was a submarine launch. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Who's launching missiles off the coast of California, wondering if people would see them? What are they thinking out there? God. What's wrong with them? It's one o'clock in the morning. Let's launch some missiles off the coast of California from and a submarine. Blame it on the Mexicans. I won't blame it on the Mexicans. God. We can get away with that. What are you doing? A photograph that is being widely shared online as evidence of alien visitors appears to depict a deer fetus. I looked at the picture. It doesn't look like a deer fetus. It's an ugly looking thing, isn't it? It's got like no arms and it's got like a really strange head and it's naked and pink and Hmm. it's just unpleasant looking. Yeah. But the picture doesn't show an alien. Wasn't taken in San Jose as claimed and was first uploaded before the events. Instead, the picture most likely depicts a fetus. Dropped by a deer after it was likely startled. How does that happen? So you a missile launch a to mis- a deer and it, the fetus falls out. Apparently, I thought Mother Nature was a bit more sturdy than that. Don't go around frightening deer, is my suggestion. Well, anyway, the deer is after it was startled and the fetus fell out. It had been partially consumed by predators. It is undeveloped and partly destroyed, giving it its strange look, and it does look really. So odd. hang on a second. The, the Americans launch an unexpected missile from test Mexico. From Mexico, <laughs> it startles a deer in where? Where's the deer living? San, San Jose, it's got but an, not San Jose. It's got an apartment apparently in San Jose, but it's not quite sure of where it lives. Right. It scares it. Yes, a deer fetus pops out. Pops out. It then gets half eaten. But it wasn't fully developed to begin with. Apparently, and someone took a photograph and said this is an alien. Yes. Okay. I just, I'm, just, I'm having problems keeping up with this stuff. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of cryptozoology, bulls, missiles, and deer fetuses? I have a man who was told by his doctor that he had 30 minutes to live. Wow. That's not good. Did he ask for a second of opinion? Time. Can I have a second opinion? <laughs> Hang on. He'll be here in half an hour. <laughs> shocking, isn't it? 30 minutes or less pizza. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yes. You have to get Jimmy John's. I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to give you your money back. We were 35 minutes. Sir? Hello? Sir? That's terrible. You could watch an episode of EastEnders or any kind of, you know... Friends. Friends. There you go. It would be a benefit if you actually died at the end of Friends because you wouldn't have to watch the next episode, would you? So it does have benefits is what I'm saying. Wow. 30 minutes and that's your lot. Done. When Louis Ortiz went to the doctor with a headache, he was confronted with some rather unsettling news. Having been crippled by what he described as the worst headache of his life, Ortiz, who is from California, went to his local hospital where he was shockingly told that he had a tapeworm larva embedded in his brain and that he only had 30 minutes left to live. How can they tell that? I don't understand. Even what, if, if the there's la- a tapeworm or 30 minutes? Well, even if the worm went on a bit of a you know munch and started eating, it would still take a long time for you to suddenly become disabled in terms of your motor neurone skills. It's got a lot of brain to eat before it reaches anything meaningful. Maybe it didn't have that much. It was a circulation problem, I think. Ah, 
Um, he was immediately admitted for an emergency operation, and fortunately, after a bit of effort, surgeons were able to remove the invader from the inside of his head. Oh, my. I'd keep it as a pet. I'd want it. Oh, I would God. keep that. No, I would, I would want that. It's been with me for so long. That's been with me the most relationships I've been in. I'll I'm, name him Fred. Is it a male or female worm? <laughs> I mean, I want to know. Worms are both, aren't they? I think you may be right. I think they're androgynous and they decide when they get to. I ambidextrous. They're ambidextrous. <laughs> How can they be ambidextrous? They've got no bloody arms. This worm's ambidextrous. It can write nothing with both its arms. How can you have an ambidextrous worm? What's wrong with you? You see what I've got to part with here? I should be paying more money for this. This is like some sort of daycare release where we're going to do some art therapy in a minute. Oh, you've, sorry, you've painted your plate wrong let's put it in the whoopsie bin it's terrible <laughs> this is therapy for you isn't it, oh, it is. i'm going to find out at the end of this series that I've actually, bin I've actually i'm actually i'm going to take you on a date and i'm going to meet you by the whoopsie bin <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to find out that this is my daycare i actually find, i've been in an asylum and i'm just imagining all this stuff and you're here to help me this is what I'm going to find I'll out. I'll help you. I'm sure you will. Right, ambidextrous worms. <laughs> okay. Christ. Uh, there's around 1,000 patients in the United States that are hospitalized each year with this. And what happens is you're swallowing contaminated water that Ooh. have microscopic Ugh. eggs. Ugh. It's like alien. And eventually they hatch and the larvae make their way to your brain, block up your circulation. Have all yeah. that parties, keep you awake yeah. at night, they're selling drugs, loud music. It's really embarrassing. Ortiz says that it's probably gratifying to him to be living because if he had waited a bit longer, then he probably wouldn't be here. Wow. I'd set up a dartboard, blow really hard into his ear and see if I can fire the worm into the dartboard. See oh, what I kind thought of you were thinking about a farmer's blow. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, do you know anything about farmer's blows? No. <laughs> <laughs> we sprint with worm in our hand into the round. It is the strange Gross. and bizarre. You're lucky it's not both hands. This is the round with the stories of the week's events that are strange and bizarre and don't fit into any other round, but are too good <laughs> not to read out live right. on air. I have a story that says undertakers use topless models to sell coffins as women pose for calendar draped over caskets. A saucy calendar with a difference has been unveiled for 2016. We should do a calendar. I'm no. Saying. <laughs> I'm now sat on my own. I'm guessing no calendar. The more questions than answers, 2016. It would be more questions than answers. answers. <laughs> wow. I'm serious. I think this is a really good idea. I think if, if listeners write in, we need a 2016. Heather, what are you doing? 2016. <laughs> Only one calendar. Is that what you're telling me? You just want to do one calendar. I don't understand what you're telling me live on air with your hand gestures. You want to do one calendar. Yep. Okay, I'll do my best <laughs> to make that happen. The promotional wall planner has been designed by a coffee manufacturer to promote their services and has taken its cue from Did the... Did you say coffee manufacturer? Yes, that's right. It's one of those death coffee manufacturers that you read so much about. Coffin. I said coffin. You're not even listening to me, are you? You're thinking no. of calendars. <laughs> that's it's true. taken its cue from the notoriously racy Perella 
Parella. <laughs> Pariah. Pariah calendar. Mm. The outrageous images shot by studio re-retro feature beauties modelling afterlife where one beauty brunette is draped in furs in front of an intricately carved coffin showing an outdoor scene. It is a really good carved coffin, actually. I spent a lot of time looking at these pictures and uh, they are really well done. <laughs> the joinery is remarkable. The handles, some of the inside uh, drapery is really quite impressive, to be honest. What's wrong with you? Mr. Lindner, founder of the Polish company, said... I'll, I'll pass the website on to you, Greg, and you can look at some coffins as well. Mr. Lindner, founder of the Polish company, said, We enjoy sharing our beautiful coffins, and what better way than including beautiful girls? So much work goes into our coffins that they're only seen for a few moments at the funeral. We wanted to show that a coffin shouldn't be a sacred object. It's furniture. It's the last bed you'll ever sleep in. The subject this year is retro. Some people say we have attacked religion. The truth is religion is much older than coffins. We just want to have some fun. The racy calendar is available to purchase online. Now, there are many, many links between death and sex. I think this is an area we need to get into. <coughs> if you think about black widow spiders and praying mantises, they eat and kill their, the male after they've, you know, practiced the physical arts. Yes. After they've procreated. Yes. So there's a link there between sex and death right if you look at the relationship in mythology between thanatos and eros freud has done all the work on this there is a link between sex and death tell me around the room what's the most famous uh, love story romeo the, and Juliet. yes and the entire play was set in a crypt surrounded by the dead and coffins you see where we're going with this okay. if you look at michelangelo's carving if you look at michelangelo's sculpture of the martyrdom of Saint Teresa at the moment of death, at the moment she's taken, have a look on her face and see where she's going with that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, because there's a theory the look almost has a look of an orgasm, doesn't yes, it? Yes, this reminds me of last week's mushroom sniffing story. But it's all kinds of things. I'm just saying there's a lot of links there between sex and death. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss that, but it's very, very bizarre. And if you get a chance, go and look at the martyrdom of Saint Teresa by Michelangelo. It's a very famous sculpture and you can see that online heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre i've got a gift for christmas you've got a gift for christmas is yeah. it an ambidextrous worm yes i Fantastic. love those. <laughs> i think we should come up with a plush toy like that that'd be hilarious a plush ambidextrous worm how about this how about warpo who is going to bring back krumpus as a plush toy to christmas krampus is a very nasty I love mean krampus. teutonic germanic character that comes out and gives kids a really rough time before christmas yes that's true and i think they're making a new movie about him yes aren't there they? is one mm -hmm. coming out it's probably out already i suspect well i'm gonna see if i can pronounce this right Go but krampus knocked is that yes, right knocked it means night yeah, yes krampus is night. just around the corner which means saint nicholas's menacing counterpart krampus will soon be stalking the streets in search of naughty children. So Nicholas is very interesting in himself, you know. He saved children from being cannibalized and boiled alive. That's why he gets associated with kids. So I'd really? share that. Absolutely, yeah. To celebrate the company that brought you Legends of Cthulhu action figures is resurrecting the glory of the 1980s monster toys with a retro Krampus plush toy line called Don't Cuddle the Krampus. 
The adorable plush Christmas devil is about 14 inches tall. You don't often get the word plush, adorable and devil all in the same I sentence, know, right? do you? It's remarkable. <laughs> uh, included in the line are his three naughty kids, Headlock Harry, Gag Me Gloria. I'm sorry. And know It All Ned. Gag Me Gloria. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to no. mention that to Gloria and our team at some point. Wow, she won't be happy with no, that. No, she won't. No. The Don't Cuddle the Krampus Kickstarter campaign has some pretty cool backer rewards, including stickers, T-shirts, coloring books, Christmas cards, gift wrap, Krampus Crunch cereal boxes. You can even get a plastic molded piece of the Krampus coal. Yes, it's very bizarre and very mm-hmm. strange. He's a devil that goes around attacking children just before Christmas in the Teutonic. Naughty children. Naughty, Naughty children. Yeah, will you find me ones that are well behaved? There we are. <laughs> You can't tell me a kid's gone through the entire year. Do you know what I mean? And hasn't broken a window or I did. or flushed their sister's head down the toilet. I was great. Yes, I can believe that. Yes. <laughs> she who embraces the darkness. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Couple calls 911 to report possums, people jumping out of the fridge and microwave. There's a lot of things there, isn't there? People jumping out of microwaves. What are they, yes. midgets? Spartan- <laughs> Give him three minutes. That should do it. <laughs> Spartanburg deputies have arrested a couple after they called 911 five times because they saw possums and people jumping out of the refrigerator and microwave. How bizarre. <laughs> Brandon Dwayne Terry and Casey Dawn Fowler have been charged with unlawful use of 911. According to the incident report, the responding deputy asked them if they were on any type of narcotic, to which they said no. <laughs> The couple then began to tell the deputy that they had pictures of worms coming out of the floor of their vehicle and pictures of other people camouflaged. Worms? Yes. What is it with worms tonight? It's annelid week. No one's told me. Ambidextrous. It's annelid week on the the geography channel when annelids go bad, when worms attack. It's just a normal down at beach in Florida until. It's a shocking story. Annelids are really bizarre. Annelids are very, very, very simple, kind of almost not singular cell, but they're one of the most simple life forms. I find it remarkable. This is the God's honest truth, I tell you. They've done experiments where they've got a maze. They stick a little worm at the beginning of the maze. The maze pans out. They, they walk along the maze. They, they, they walk, obviously, got no legs. They're not ambidextrous. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> they walk like worms, right? They, they, they kind of make a worm shape. You know, they kind of make their worm worm shape they throw they throw a squiggly shape they make their way along the maze if they go left they get electrocuted and die if they'd have gone right they would have survived the worm that gets electrocuted they chop it up feed it to the next worm the next worm who goes into the maze knows not to go left through eating the one previously that went left and got electrocuted it now chooses to go right and it finally you know 20 worms later there's a really fat worm you know Massive, obese worm. That can't get in the maze. They can't get in the maze and the whole thing's <laughs> resolved. This is American obese worms. When have you ever seen a worm doing exercises? See what I'm saying? I don't know where this is going. I'm scared. I'm slightly worried. Kim, what have we got next? That's the, it. Uh, the couple said the person was standing beside a tree and that they could clearly see a person. The deputy also says when he told the couple there was nothing there, Terry told him it was because he could only see them. There you go. Uh, when the deputy ah, Terry made a, could see him. When the deputy made a background check on Terry, he had six felony warrants for his arrest in North Carolina for narcotics. No. Wow. My mate Terry can see him. No one else can, but Terry can see the worms. Tell him, Terry. Tell him what you can see. I can see the worms. 
You'll like this part. During a field sobriety test, the deputy says Terry stopped and then said that he felt the deputy touching his eyes. Oh, touching his eyes. Touching you. <laughs> yes, and he had his touching eyes in his you. pocket at the time, which was quite remarkable. Oh. Well, all good things. No, Heather, what have you got? You're trying to crowbar a story and get more, more points. One more, one more, one, one more. more. Go on in, go on in. Okay, I got another Christmas one. Hurrah. It's just for you. Ray. Are you ready? I'm ready. Clip in man bun. I'm sorry, I didn't hear any of that apart from the word bun. And man. A man. What, what am and I clip missing? In. Clip in. Yeah. What's a clipping man bun? For the man who wears many hats, but no bun. Um, you're confusing me. Oh, I'll fill you in. Okay. One of the hottest trends in men's fashion, because I know according, how you like it. According to who? Everybody. Some guy in a trailer Everybody. park and called I think Terry. It, and, and I think it even goes over to England, so well, let's hope pay so. attention. Pay you know attention. we're at the cutting edge of modern fashion. That's design. what it says. One of the hottest trends in men's fashion, the man bun has been popularized by fixed gear bicyclists and introspective oh, Hollywood actors alike. This is the top knot. The bun in the hair. The bun in the hair. <laughs> it's like Princess Leah's got neck ache and she's just pushed her head to one That's side. That's pretty much it. That's where we are. But although the hairstyle oozes with fashion sense, those who sport it might find themselves outcast in sports bars, motorcycle gangs, and the annual government-mandated Mishimo test. This what? Well, Mishimo. Or Mishimo. M- Machismo. That'll be Machismo. <laughs> yeah, Mishimo. Look at that man. He's got plenty of Mishimo. Is <laughs> that some sort of Japanese fragrance, especially yeah. come over for Christmas? Machismo. <laughs> That's right. Get the woman of your dreams by wearing Mishimo for men. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? I couldn't read it. I was Mishimo. crying. Mishimo. <laughs> Isn't that where that nuclear plant went up several years ago? Yes, yes, yes. I thought that's where we were. <laughs> this attachable, my This attachable and equally important detachable, detachable man, man, man bun lets you blend in with your surroundings. What if you're bold and you bought one and you just stuck it on the top of your head? Well, we'll find like out. One of those kind of bows you get on a Christmas present. And you just stick on the Velcro. front. There you go. You're going to look really uh, odd with a top knot if you're bald. Do you see what I'm saying? That would be hilarious, though, wouldn't <laughs> That's it? That's not good news. Putting it on when you smell fair trade coffee or hear a banjo, and then you get to take it off when someone utters the word bro. Yo, bro. Anyway, anybody interested can find these nifty man buns that come in three different colors at Groupon.com for only nine ninety nine. Sweet. There is a, you must think I spend all my time on YouTube, but there were some pranksters sat in a car driving around, and whenever they saw a guy with a top knot, if he was at a restaurant, sat outside, or walking down Didn't the street, they cut it off? yeah, they ran up behind him with a pair of scissors, cut it off, jumped back in that car, and drove <laughs> off again. That's, That's terrible. Just terrible. My favorite was the uh, the buzzers on um, Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but it got behind you like jaws. Ding, 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 From the perspective ding, 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 of the clippers. That's right. <laughs> Good times. I can't believe we got through that episode. And finally, we're running to the round. That is not for your mother. Congratulations. You found us on SoundCloud, which makes you more intelligent than 99% of the population. Well done to you. I have a story that says, by the way, if there's any minors in the room or your mother's still here, you need to escort her out is what I'm saying. I have a story that says paramedics called after pensioner takes two Viagra tablets to bed woman. 50 years he's junior, but things didn't go to plan. Why two? Why two? Well, 
he wants twice the fun, I'm guessing. He, I think he thought it double might... Double your pleasure. Double the double chance. Double your yes. fun. Yes, I thought he Can might... Please? Yeah, he double was he was gun. looking to break at least double figures, I think, is where we oh. are. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? Every wrinkle's an inch. A pensioner had to be treated for heart pains after he took two Viagra tablets for a night of passion with a woman almost 50 years his junior. Lucky he didn't kill him. Retired hairdresser Ray Boddington, 74, had picked up the pills from a friend in his local pub after scoring with a 27-year-old woman. That sounds legit, doesn't it? But as he left the apartment, after he left her apartment, after a night of nookie, so he managed to do the deed, he was in there, Ray was taken ill at the bus stop. It's always sexy, isn't it, when you have to go home on the bus after you've finished a night of passion. With major heart palpitations and an ambulance had to be called. As he lay in the back of the ambulance, a paramedic treating the father of six told him, it's coming down. Only to then add that he was actually talking about his blood pressure. <laughs> I was wondering where he must they have put been the feeling, cuff. He must have been feeling stiff the next morning, is all I'm saying. Where they put the cuff. Hang on, sir, I just need to get the Velcro around it. Hang on. Wow, that's a, got a girth on it, isn't it? Hang on, let me get the pump. I bet, I'm just saying, I bet you could measure your blood pressure through that. Couldn't you? I you don't try. know. <laughs> I'll try. Before next week, I'll try. They have baby cuffs. <laughs> I might Did just you? use the one in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, take your shirt off. <laughs> People at Walmart. Look, he's using the... No, let's not go there. I do like my job and I've embarrassed myself, my friends, my family, my country. <laughs> Test showed Ray had a high blood pressure reading of 157 over 88. I've got that. I've got that now. How's that making the news? Wouldn't high blood pressure... Be a bonus downstairs. If you've got high blood pressure, is that not what you want downstairs if you're looking to fill that with blood? Do you know, I told a girl once that it was a bone and it came out and like a badger and she believed me. So I'd share that with you. Listening, Louise, I'm sorry. That was 1991. I can only apologise. She's probably spent the rest of her life thinking a bone comes out. I'm just saying. I want to know why you compared it to a badger. (laughs) Yes, that was a messy Sunday afternoon as well. God, I was bored. That was the same day I realised that only six out of eight cat's nipples actually work. Um, (laughs) Should I be concerned? My blood pressure's there. I would think that would be beneficial more than not, to be honest, but I'm not an expert. I shall find somebody who's an expert in blood pressure and I shall find out. The pensioner from Salford, Greater Manchester, was allowed to stay in the vehicle until his heart rate went back to normal. He did not require any hospital treatment over the incident. Ray said, the paramedics told me, you shouldn't have taken two. And I want to pass on that warning because it can make you ill. It can make your blood pressure go sky high or you could even have a heart attack. I only took them because I was going to a bird's flat and a bloke told me to give them a go. He said they would be good for me. So taking advice (laughs) on pharmaceuticals from a stranger in a pub, what could possibly go wrong? Wow. He's lucky he took a drink with them and they didn't get stuck in his throat because he'd have a really stiff neck, wouldn't he? Heather, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? I have a follow-up story on Halloweeners. 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 Halloween reveler wearing only trench coat and fake penis arrested for drunk driving. Then things got weird. Things got weird. (laughs) Then they got weird. Where's this, Florida? 
No, it's Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> There's many a slip twixt cup and lip. <laughs> After being arrested for drunk driving a Halloween reveler wearing only trench coat and a piece of cloth that looked like a penis, <laughs> God, attempted to eat toilet paper in a bid to foil the breathalyzer test. Does, does eating, so, eating toilet paper helps a breathalyzer test, does it? If you eat a lot Neither of toilet does paper. sucking on a penny, just so you know. Yes, and Penny wasn't happy about that either. <laughs> <laughs> Cops pulled over Ross McDonald, 39, after they spotted him driving the wrong way on an Iowa City street around 3 a.m. According to a criminal complaint, McDonald's was extremely confused. Extremely. Extremely. He was extremely confused. And could not tell officers what bar he was coming from. McDonald, who claimed to have consumed two drinks, had bloodshot eyes, slurred speech, and an unsteady balance. Do you know how, these na- do you know how they found out his name was McDonald? Because he was old? No, they felt under his trench coat and he had a quarter pounder. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's his name? Mac- McDonald. Big, big, big Mac, yeah. There we go. He was trying to get back to his farm that was quite an old farm. Uh, he also appeared to be dressed in a flasher costume. Defendant was only wearing a trench coat and a piece of cloth that looked like a penis. Do you think every flasher in the country suddenly likes Halloween because they can go out dressed what they would normally like to wear and just say, oh, it's Halloween. But by the way, you know, here's my trench coat and here's my bits and pieces. But here's it was a piece of cloth that only twiggy. looked like one. Oh, it's like a drawing on it. Uh, yes, with a smiley face. A facsimile. And only one eye. You've seen this, have you? Is <laughs> it winking at you? Was it ambidextrous by any chance? <laughs> it was curving slightly to the left, so I think it may have been. <laughs> That's terrible. That's a nice theme, though. Upon, <laughs> upon arrival at the police precinct, McDonald attempted to eat toilet paper, thinking it would mess with the breathalyzer. Was it used or was it clean toilet paper? <laughs> if you eat a lot of toilet paper, does it save you wiping yourself like an hour later? Does it all? I'm thinking. I'm thinking it, it does. Yeah. Think about the odds of having the toilet paper handy to even begin to think about doing it. He's probably gone to the bathroom. And he's probably said to them, "Can I visit the restroom?" And while he's in the police station, he's trying to eat. Every- he's lucky he didn't take one of those. Maybe little- that's what they use to stuff his penis. What? Toilet paper? Yeah. You've got a strange mind, haven't you, Heather Morris? What? Chuck Norris. I see what you're up to. <laughs> don't. Well, he had to have some sort of a fake I don't know what appendage, he's got. And it had to be stuffed with something. Maybe it was toilet paper. And I don't... so he just pulled the paper out of his penis. Okay. Well, you've got a very interesting way of thinking about things, haven't you? Your mum and dad you must be very, through, very proud. You was the kid at school that's constantly talking that I'd have to say that you ate glue. St- that ate glue. <laughs> Sniffed it, yeah. That's, that explains a large and amount of chips. many things. Yes, that's right. Wow. McDonald had initially refused the breath test, but changed his mind after attempting to eat the toilet paper. Mm. Despite McDonald's cunning plan, his blood alcohol content was measured at... Point one six five, twice the legal limit. Good news, Mr. <laughs> McDonald. We managed to find some blood in your alcohol supply. <laughs> <sighs> Since McDonald has prior drunk driving conviction, he was hit with a felony charge carrying a maximum of 
a five-year prison wow, sentence. Wow, that's not so funny anymore, is it? Yes, his he's, burrito is going to be stuffed. Yes, he's not going to be doing any more Halloween events for the next five years, is he? No. Lots no. of toilet paper, though. Lots of They're, toilet paper. Uh, well, I don't know. Is there? In prison? Do you I think get, it's like, only a limit- one ply. One ply. <laughs> okay, you have to fold <laughs> little, it over a couple of times and then make right. sure you clean your nails afterwards. I see where we are. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? A man with terminal cancer marries a sex doll so he doesn't leave a grieving widow. So he's married a sex doll. Yes. I bet this is Japan. Close. Oh, close. See, I need to get points for that. A man with terminal cancer was desperate to get married but didn't want to leave a heartbroken widow. His solution? Get married to a sex doll. Can you get married to inanimate objects? Is that even possible? Do you take this turnip? This is Because the turnip can't say no, can it? Do you see what I'm saying? We can't say yes either, to be honest. <laughs> if he ever wanted to get divorced, all he'd have to do is pop her. There you go. <laughs> Done. We need the bride's family now. It's like a collection of Barbie dolls. See where we are. <laughs> do continue, Kim. I'm itching to know where we are. He has surprisingly tasteful wedding pictures that have become a viral sensation in his native China. Ah, just across the sea, yeah. The Beijing man reportedly wanted to experience a fancy wedding shoot before he died, so he brought the lifelike inflatable doll and got the full works, including a makeup artist and a beautiful wedding dress. Got the full works. That's sick. I saw the picture. It is a beautiful dress. Oh, okay. What did the doll... And she is wearing a tiara. She's... It, when I when you say a black doll, I imagine the thing with the nylon wig and the big mm-hmm. open lips. And we look. Did she look like one of those like really expensive ones? That actually, looks yes. like a yes. woman. She does. Okay. All In right. the pictures, he is seen tenderly holding his plastic bride, enjoying a first dance in a ballroom, and even taking part in candid shots in front of the makeup mirror. This is really sad. Now I've got really sad about this. He's got terminal cancer, and he doesn't want to find a bride. And now he's doing a waltz for his wedding dance with a doll. I mean, it's actually turned quite dark, isn't it? And a little bit Uh, sad, or is it just me? Way to bring it down, kid. Wow. (laughs) The 28-year-old man's name is still unknown, but Chinese netizens, which I had to look that word up. In other words, it's a a computer Do you want me to look it up for you again? (laughs) (laughs) It's net. Okay, net. They're on the net all the the time. And what's the word again? Chinese netizens. Netizens, okay offered a series of bizarre explanations for the pictures, with many dismissing it as a bizarre viral marketing stunt. CCTV reported some netizens recently revealed that the man is actually suffering from a deadly cancer, so nobody can decide which it is. Sure. In order not to hurt other people's feelings, he chose to marry an artificial doll instead of a real person. She said that even if she didn't necessarily agree with the man's choice of marrying a doll, he still deserved to be respected as a matter of personal freedom. What's interesting, putting that into context, is there's far more many men in China than there are women. So the chances of finding a female bride are, like, very limited. I know they've recently thought about changing the law this week about how many children you can have in China. Yeah, I saw that. uh, But the reason being, of course, is there are, you know, something ridiculous, like 10 men to every woman. And I bet he can't even find a woman. There's a whole generation of Chinese people that have grown up and still live in their parents' house at 35 that are men and have no ambition to move out. They've got no chance of finding a woman. It's a very strange kind of jaundiced society based on all those things. It makes me wonder if he could even find one, even if he wanted to. The problem may be more larger than what we've spoken about in the story there is what I would suggest. Heather, you're going to finish the show for me in the round of Not For Your Mother. What have you got for us this week? It's about a willy, isn't it? 
Um, kind of. What's kind of like a willy? An ambidextrous worm? What, yes. What's kind of like a willy but not a willy? That's like first, a knock-knock joke. It's like a rid- the Riddler from Gotham. My first is in willy but not in worm. You're not meant to work it out. I'm just making it up. There's no like mysterious meta narrative running through that. Okay, so do you remember the Oprah story and what she used for facial cream? Um, um, yes, it was the foreskins of young babies. Yes. Was it onion not? rings? Onion rings. Yes, she used their onion rings. That's right. Funyuns. Yes, she used funyuns. She was rubbing funyuns. It wasn't onion rings, was it? It was. It looked like little calamari. Look, it looks like little calamari, but it's a foreskin, isn't it? Is it I think is. you'll find what it, it is. is. Yes. <laughs> Right? Yes. Yeah, I'm like, what do you hang on a second? You looked at Kim for confirmation. I what? gave that story. Oh, she did, see? I thought there was some strange, weird thing going on between two women talking about. Yeah, foreskin. we're making plans. Okay, I was slightly worried. But don't worried. worry, I have a backup plan, Kim. Yeah, you go. <laughs> Watch beauty blogger explain she keeps her skin soft by covering her face in sperm. There you go. See, did you know that? It's Actually, good for your Well, face. you've got to tell him something, haven't you? <laughs> uh, Sweetheart, it's good for you. Honestly. A beauty blogger who has more than 150,000 followers on social media is promoting an unusual approach to skincare, covering her face in sperm. And no, it's not an acronym. Where'd you get, where does she, how does get she? Get it? Yeah. Um, is she milking something? Is she... Uh, I'll she send some in. She can we send her some? Single mum. I'm guessing she's from England because it's a mum of two. And former glamour model Tracy Kiss says applying this inexpensive cosmetic keeps her skin soft and healthy looking. However, the 28 year old from Wendover Bucks, Buckinghamshire, and I've seen this woman before. She appeared on This Morning, which is a breakfast news. Okay. What's that show with Kelly Ripper and uh, what's that called? The breakfast kind Rippin? of... Ripper? Kelly Ripper? Okay. I have no idea. This is American culture. <laughs> oh, I'm wanting in yeah. many areas. It was, it was like it the was Regis, Regis and, and Kathy Lee. Oh, that, it was that yeah. kind of show. Yes. But um, live on air, she did actually put some on her face. Oh. They had some in a jar. It wasn't like someone was standing there and presented her with some fresh, you know. It, it was. It she said, got, give me a minute. Yeah, give, me, give us a minute there. I just need to... <laughs> we'll do it in the ad break and you can come back. But that she did have a jar. I don't know where she got it from, but she did actually apply it to her face. Um, I videoed this, by the way. It's available if people want to see it. I just, what do you mean you videoed uh, well, this? I just thought it'd be Were you right there in the front row? Well, yes. That was I where... videoed it. I put in the Zoom. <laughs> there you go. And uh, she did indeed, you know, apply, yeah, apply she, the said material. She's keen to help others try this and has posted a tutorial vlog to explain the benefits of semen and demonstrate how to put it on. I know it doesn't work. You have to work. demonstrate how to put it on. I know it doesn't work. Have you seen how rough Greg's hands are? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, if it worked, Greg would have smooth hands, right? That's what I'm saying. It's, how many hours have you spent all on your own in that combine this, uh, this fall, Greg? I bet you've put in a few hours, haven't you? Yeah, a few. Yeah, I thought you might, yeah. <laughs> she explains she gets her daily amount from a friend who delivers it in a clean takeaway pot. <laughs> a takeaway adding... pot. Imagine if that got <laughs> stolen. Imagine someone steals his takeaway and they're like, God, what on the... I hate that monosoda glutamate. It really she, makes me thirsty. She I said, just... I'm not involved in this semen extraction, but I was trying to think... <laughs> Not involved. <laughs> you just put it on cold. It's, it's oh. like, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you put it on cold. Yes. Oh. Yes, like jelly. No. 
God almighty. What's I, wrong with these people? Is that like... Um, is your, it like what? Your daily milk drop-off. <laughs> 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 he said they have a milkman yes, in England. Yes, there is a milkman who delivers a couple of pints to most housewives in the morning. <laughs> Poor guy can barely walk. Constantly drinking. <laughs> Terrible. Yes, that is true. There is a milkman. See? That's because Brits like their tea in the morning and their now, cereal. Can you imagine if you got that mixed up with Bertha's milk down the street? <laughs> yes, that's uh, not going on your corn. Maybe bike. Bertha <laughs> needs little, some. Well, it's a little curdled coming out, you know. Oh, <laughs> Shocking! What's wrong? with you're still going. That's the problem. I'm thinking. I'm picturing it. Of course you are. Of course you are. (laughs) She said, "I think a lot of people are concerned with the thought of putting semen on their face, (laughs) but it is very—it's a very natural thing. It's a natural thing. A very healthy thing to do. Semen builds." Babies. They, they come babies. out very soft and have no, beautiful on. skin. The women build the baby. We just supply the... The women are doing all the, the building. Well, they're the ones that are eating and giving it nourishment. The man's not part of the not nourishment. I wonder her. if the side of the container says not tested on animals. The probably, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not good for infants due to small parts. And I'm wondering <laughs> if it's like whole or 2% or skim. Depends how much you've been drinking, doesn't it, I'm guessing. <laughs> if you've not drunk anything for a while, that's going to be a gold top, isn't it? That's full uh, fat creamed and processed, is oh that? Oh, God. I can't believe we're having this discussion on air. People well, will be true, tuning though. off in droves. <laughs> this needs to be edited. We can't send this out as is. Now, we'll be taken off she, the air. She is... From England. I get that. She's from Buckinghamshire. I've yes. taught in Buckinghamshire. I know the area she very well. She added she read about the popularity of the treatment in the U.S. Oh, no. And so ironically opted to go for the definitive man-made product. Hurrah. Yay. She posted the facial video on YouTube yesterday and it has already had hundreds of views. It's Yay, going to be available this Christmas. Smear it, yes. smear it. And she, I read it, and she said you're supposed to apply it in circular motions and stuff. Fantastic. It'll be on sale next to Mashimo this Christmas, <laughs> available in all good departments. Don't make stores. me go East End on you. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the K2 meter covering their twig and berries, it's Greg on a resplendent two points for pulling up photographs of naked women draped over coffins. And in resplendent first place, the $33,000 IR camera goes to Kim, who has seven points tonight. I managed to scrape into second. I am the second best loser on six points, and Heather is on a very lowly three. What? Do not fear, listener. Remember, you can't even pronounce the names of your top knots. All I'm saying. Mashimo. for men. Now available by Armani. Do not fear, listener. We are back with a whole new bunch of worm-orientated top-notch stories next week. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of deer fetuses and strange black balls dropping in Spain. Please tell your friends and family about the show if you don't like them. You can contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. Dot com. You can also join me and follow me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lips. Lee <laughs> underscore <laughs> tips. And you can find all our archive shows on SoundCloud, 
radio.com <laughs> if you search for MQTA radio. And we've actually done really well this week and put three or four new ones up for you that came out over the last month, including our greatest hits, if you would wish to listen to those. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society at Int, paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. Good night.